Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello, and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Halden. I'm Benjamin Halden. In this week's episode, we are back at the My Protein Kitchen and we have a fantastic guest in the form of Johnny Davis. This is day 11 of running the entire London Underground, the last day, the biggest day, the central line, 92k. We are starting here in the middle. Johnny Davis is a guy who's run the entire length of the London Underground. That's 570k and he completed it in 11 days. We dive into the mindset of doing such a challenge and also what it means to be in pain, emotional pain, physical pain, mental pain, and pushing through those different barriers. And it was one of the most inspiring episodes we have ever done. Within this, we also covered how pain can be your ally, how it is one of the main vehicles in which we can discover our true potential, and how me and Lucy are absolute caffeine snobs. Enjoy this week's episode, guys. I'd like to give a quick apology for this week, guys. Unfortunately, we are using different mics and a different setup for the podcast this week. So if there's any discrepancies or slight reduction in sound quality, this is the reason why. However, it does not take away from the exceptional conversation that we had in this week's episode. And we'll be back to next week as usual. Johnny, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Why did you run the London Tube? Bit of fun, isn't it? Uh, no, so it was a combination of a few things. Um, I wanted to do some sort of run um, over a series of days that was unique, um, challenging, but also something that people could get involved with and join in with. Um, so those that know, 11 lines of the London Undergrounds, 11 days, 572 kilometers. Um, and throughout the entire process of doing it, I was never on my own. There's always people who came to join for that day, that section, that stop, um, whatever it was. And I think over the course of the 11 days, we had over 800 people join in for different sections, different parts, which wow, is... Wow, that is sick. Which for me was what I wanted the most out of it was that I could create an event or create a challenge that wasn't just about me. It was a way that people can get involved and, and get into it. So men that I had to have like a live tracking device on me at all times. I had to remember to turn on, turn off each day. Um, and the guy from the tracking company one day called me, he's like you still got it on? I was in bed. And he's like, <laughs> everyone knows where you live. Because I think that the track had like over 30,000 like clicks onto it. People checking in. It was like, you've just showed everyone where you live. I was like, that's ah, fine. I don't know where I live anyway. So it's all right. But um, that was a big part of it. I wanted to look deep in town just to do, uh, to, to raise money for um, Calm, the mental health charity. I was thinking like, you know, what's something that I can do that, you know, involves the running community in London where I live. Something that involves you know, people that supported me and my channel um, over the last year and help me to grow it to what it is. And I thought this is a really good way of doing it that can allow people to, you know, make the event a bit more about them and, you know, get, get into it. 
And you know, from that standpoint, it was a great success. Um, and so I was super happy with how that went because I think a lot of these times, you know, you can judge, how do you judge how successful an event went? You know, did you raise money? Did you finish the challenge? You know, all these sort of things. And for me, they were great, but the most important thing is that people got something out of it. You know, something that was, wasn't just about me trying to objectively do this challenge and finish it. For me, the important factor was that people understood why I was doing it. People wanted to get involved with it. Um, and the good thing about running ultras is you run them pretty slow so most people can like it's, it's a pretty easy pace for most good, people good plod yeah. good plod yeah you know a lot of 7 minute kilometres there um, for you know 10 to 16 hours a day so what what sort of did the day to day entail then for those 11 days you getting up at sort of well early so the original plan was to start each day around 6am but the film, all of a sudden the first few days of the challenge first 5 days we had this heat wave in September mm. and it was the hottest series of days we had this year so day one was 34 degrees. Just your luck. Just my Lovely. luck. It was great. Great. So the whole of August, it was terrible weather in England. And then next thing you know, heat wave. So that threw a span in the work. So we just had to start each day a bit earlier. So I was getting up about 3.30, getting to wherever the start station was by quarter to five, five. And just gave us an extra hour where we weren't mm. in like the intense heat. But yeah. I mean, those first few days, you know, day one, 70K. Day three, 76K. Like... There's, you're not getting them done in a couple of hours. Like you're going to be out there for most of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then getting late in the challenges, the 80K plus days, you know, you're out there from sunrise to sunset, basically. Um, especially because, you know, as much as you want to try and get the run done as quick as possible, you'll, if you push too hard, you'll feel it the next day and then you've got to do another run the next day. So it's all the cases balancing it and just, you know, accepting as that. But day to day was just a case of no matter how tired I felt in the morning, Alarms, alarm hits and you just wake up straight away out of bed like not giving yourself a second to like lay around anymore which I like to do usually like I'm no. quite good at like hitting <laughs> the snooze button and just like jumping in a few more hours or whatever but it was a case of like not giving yourself that chance so the second the alarm went off you stand up jump in the shower have a coffee have some food and like a lot of food just throwing as many carbs down as possible what food are we talking usually? What was the go-to? Crumpets and jam. Crumpets and jam. A lot of crumpets. What type that's of jam that's important? Oh, raspberry. Raspberry, good choice. Um, yeah. Good choice. Uh, bit of butter on there. I'd have about eight of them each morning. Eight? Yeah. So eight crumpets. Yeah. Eight crumpets. Like you're running 76 whatever kilometres a day. Yeah, oh yeah. I was doing you're like eating eight. throughout the run though. Yeah. So I was doing about eight, nine, eight to 9,000 calories a day. Um, and just, you know, just got to keep fueling. Most of these challenges are an eating competition as much as they are running yeah. challenge. So... I'm not going to moan about that. That's like my favourite bit about all this is, is the fact that every morning you got to wake up and like, right, let's just throw back 2,000 calories of carbs. Um, and it was delicious. I'm not going to lie. It was just fantastic. <laughs> so that was morning. Get to the start point. My team, um, so my videographer, um, Mike, and then my navigator, which would be one of my coaches, I think I called Tommy, Dave, or Harvey. They sort of alternated because they were on the bike to navigate me. Then my physio, Adrian, who was with me every second of every day to make sure that like oh. every time there's a problem, it was like, I've got you. So he was just always there. So we'd meet, them, we'd meet at one of the first station of the line and we'd just get going. Um, and yeah, we you know, turn the tracker on, people know where we're at and we just get cracking for the day. And that was it really. And we keep going until ultimately you either hit a split where the, the, the tube line splits sometimes. Yeah. You've got to run down a split, then you've got to get back on the tube, go back to the point you originally split and then keep running. Um, so there, was, there were the only times we'd really stop. And then every hour or so I would go to a walk for a couple of minutes, just take on some fluids or take on some food. What were you, sorry, what were you doing with food in terms of stuff? Were you just stopping at Costa's or Starbucks or did you have... No, we had, had it in the bags. So okay. we'd have it in all sort of variety of things. So you've got your typical things like gels, but I need hundreds of 
you know, calories worth of carbohydrates every hour and like gels after a while get a bit sickly. Mm. They're great for like a half marathon, a marathon, but once you go over a certain point, you need to have more solid foods or more substantial foods in you, uh, which kind of means it does open, open things up for the imagination. Sometimes I just like, we'd go past McDonald's and someone would just grab me like four egg McMuffins. Like, yeah, chuck them back. And mm. you know, the, I was never not hungry. There's always, like, no matter, no matter what it was put in front of me, I would just be able to put it down and just throw it back. And that was it really. So a lot of the time we used liquid calories in the sense of um, like carb mixes, mm -hmm. the carbon um, electrolyte mixes or blends yeah. in the water. So every litre of fluid I'm having is like three or 400 calories in there, which is really good to ticking over and a really easy way to take on board fuel without you sort of necessarily realising it. Um, and then a mixture of things, Rice crispy Bars. Brilliant. Oh, the goes. Oh, easy yeah. to eat when you're running is a bit more easier than yeah. like bread or 100%. bagels. 100%. So it's also a case of just convenience and whatever we can get around as we go. So um, that was nice, but what I never wanted to do, because the, the hardest part of each day is when you have to stop for anything. So like if you need to change the route you want to go back to, you know, on the, on the splits and the yeah. tubes. When you've got to stop for five, 10, even 20 minutes, or even have to sit down for those points, your legs just seize up. And getting going again after that, like say even if you feet for eight hours, then you've got to sit down for 30 minutes in the tube, and then go run another four hours. It's the hardest bit is getting moving again. So for me, it was always so, just- Sorry, it's all through that bit where you were, you start to sit down on the train and go to another point. So say, so on the tube, a lot of the lines split. Yeah. So run one part, one section, get mm -hmm. to the end of that line, take the tube back to where it splits and then do the uh, next section of it. Okay. So like things like the Northern line split off into, you know, multiple yeah. different areas. Um, you know, it splits two through London. There's only, there's only a handful of lines that are just like, starts here, goes past this station, finishes here. Um, whereas a lot of them do split into different sort of veer offs and mm. um, different sections. So that's to sort of get back on the tube, sit down for like 10 minutes and that was getting moving again. So what I always said was, I never want, while we're on the road, I just don't want to stop. But I'll walk for a few minutes here and that's fine. But stopping is the one thing I don't want to do unless I need some treatment, unless mm. I need to change a pair of shoes or whatever it could be. Other than that, I just want to keep moving. Before we dive into Niggle's injuries, the actual ultra running. Yeah. Logistically, before you decided to do this, had you done ultras before? Yeah. Like so, distance running? Yeah, I was, I was comfortable with the distance. I mean, not the multi-day aspect was, was quite new to me, but things like, you know, I ran loads of 50Ks, um, 100Ks, um, 80K trail races. I've done, I've done sort of, you know, that the distance of each day wasn't, was never new to me. Um, the only new element was the fact that it was day after day after day after day, and you don't really know how you're going to feel. You know, how you feel day one, day five, day 10, mm. all very different. Um, and each morning you sort of wake up being like, oh, see how the legs are, and you start moving around, you're like, they're really stiff. And then you kind of just got to go for it and then not overthink it. Because I think it's quite easy to think, I've got to like do tomorrow, I've got to do this, or the day after that. So you just got to focus on what's, what's in front of you that day. So each day was like, I'm not thinking about anything down the line, just worried about what have I got to do today. Today we've got to do a 40 or 50 or 60, whatever it is, and that's it. And even then it's like, okay, I've just got to get, get through the morning and see how I feel after that. And that was, that was always the how we break down. It's like, okay, let's just get moving and see how we go. And I always say like, as long as you can hold some sort of pace, whether it's even if it's seven or seven, seven minute 30 pace, if you just hold it, the day will just take you to the finish. Mm. The time will just get you to the end. If you're not moving, you'll never get to the end. So I was always conscious of like, right, let's just keep moving and not, not waste any more time. Also, I was very conscious of like, it was obviously I was on running, but like my team were also out there the entire day. Yeah. So I was like, these lads probably want to go to bed at some point tonight. Like, I'll get on with it then. So there were cases there. So it's very, there was very rarely times we just stopped for more than five minutes to change a pair of shoes out. It'd always be like, let's just keep going. 
Only other time we had to stop was when, like, you know, traffic lights in London was in yes. the way. Yeah. That, that's such a powerful message in itself, though, in terms of what people can take away into their everyday life, because I think we often get bogged down in the in the in the micro and the small details and looking too far ahead and what you should be doing. And I remember when I was doing that, the twenty four hour challenge with the curry, and the big thing was like, can I just take one more step? Because yeah. if you can always take one more step, then you can always carry on, no matter how tired, no matter how sore you are. And I just focus on that next hour for me. And what can I get done with that rather than like you looking too far down the line thing? I've, yeah. got, I've got this such big mm-hmm. chunk and workload ahead. And then the other thing is just, yeah, if you don't, if you don't stop, you don't fail. And that was one of the, yeah. I, I, I was very lucky enough to have a, a very nice message from Alex, Alex Homozy during the, oh, the, uh, the clip. And it was, it ended with keep fucking moving. I was like, right, I'm going to walk through walls, these go. fucking <laughs> things. Yeah. So that, that message in itself, I think is super powerful for people who are on a, a journey with anything in their life at the moment. If you just keep moving, the, the, you can't fail if you don't quit. So hundred percent. There's, there's no possibility of failing. If you don't quit. That's it. I think, I think a lot of it is down to people who think, Oh, I'm on, I want to be on this trajectory or get to this goal by this time and forget that actually like, you know, maybe compare their sort of how they're getting on with this to other people's things and think if I don't, and holding themselves up against someone else and thinking if that's not the same pace or trajectory that they failed. So I will no, like just by not quitting means you can't fail. That's it. Like, and it's not, not putting any expectations on it. And I think, you know, the whole message of it's just, you know, just think of what's the next little thing you got to do and not thinking the big picture all the time. There's times and places to step back and think of the big picture. Um, while you're in the midst of it, not then. You know, even at the end of each day, I would be, oh, the only thing on my mind was, okay, great, what will we do the rest of the day? I've got to get some treatment done, get some food in me, got to look over the edit for the daily video, and I've got to go to bed, and I've got to wake up. That's it. I wasn't checking in too much on, like, people kept asking me, like, how are you feeling, all this stuff. I was like, I don't really know. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not, not too fussed about that. I'm not really mm. checking in too much there. You know, am I in pain? A little bit, but not, it's not, in, you know, not to the point that I can't keep doing it. Um, so in that case, it's just like, right, let's just focus on what we've got to do next. What's the next goal? What's the next thing? What's the next station we've got to get to? That's always quite nice, is, you know, it's because you're never that far away from another station. Yeah. All I've got to do is like, can I just put one foot in front of the other and get to that next station? Well, yeah. All right, cool. Let's do that. Let's do that and see how we feel. Then you get there, you think, oh, that was maybe a bit easier than I thought it was going to be. And then you just keep doing that. And it, it, all it is is just breaking down to the smallest possible sections you can possibly think of. You know, can I just keep, can I always put, you know, always think, can you just get at least one step out of it more? As you were saying, and the answer is pretty much always yes. If it's a no, all right, take a minute, let's see what's going on here. Mm. What do you need? Is it, more, is it more food? Is it more water? Is it more electrolytes? Like, what is it? There's, there can, there's, whatever the problem is, it can be solved with these things here. Is your, do you have a cramp somewhere? Okay, let's have a look at that. Are your feet in agony? Okay, let's change your shoes. Like, let's always find somewhere to change it up if there's a problem. If there's not a problem, call us to keep moving. Mm. Were there any points, because with ultra, this is like an ultra, ultra endurance event, obviously yeah. across 11 days, because... From hearing you talk, you're really positive and optimistic and it sounds great and I can imagine when you were doing it, it was absolutely brutal. Yeah. Were there any points where it was very close to being like, as in like, I, as in I literally can't finish it, whether it was a body thing or potentially more of a mindset thing? Not at all. Um, I, was unsure, I was kind of waiting for a point to happen where I was like, oh, we're like, we're, we're the only time there was any issue was on the last day where like we've got, the last day was 92K. So we said the biggest of the last Ooh. and we started at midnight so we could finish in daylight still. Oh, I love that. Just for like, you yeah. know, cause I was like, you know, I think I was thinking 
finishing video, finishing shot. Yeah. I, was like, I wanted to be there. Like also, all my friends there, and like all the all the sponsors and supporters. I don't want to be like, oh yeah, you all meet me at 11 p.m. on a Sunday <laughs> night. And I was like, no, the best thing to do, we start at midnight, we'll just run through the night, and then we'll finish probably around four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, we got to there's three in the morning, and I had this. I, I'm not trying to describe it. It wasn't cramp, but my quad just was didn't want to respond. I lost the ability to run. And all of a sudden I was like, oh no, because we're about 25K and I was like, it's like 60 something K to go. Like, this is, this is bad. It wasn't like a case of like, oh no, this thing. Like, and um, yeah, my physio put me, rolled out a mat in a car park somewhere in Essex and we got to work, you know, pitch black with the car, uh, one of the cars lights on me, just get, working away through it. And I was like, this is the first time during the challenge I've not been able to actually run. Mm. You know, get anything going, there's no spring back in my leg. I can't bend, the knees are on the bend. It's someone's, and any time I put anything on it, it was painful. And I was like, at this point, I was like, okay, could I drag myself 60K to finish this? Yeah, I could. It just means that I'm going to have to take me, it's probably going to take me 24 hours to finish yeah. this next section. It just coming to the realization, going like, this is probably, this is going to, you're going to be out here a bit longer, but like, look how far you've come. You know, we're closing in on 500Ks at this point for over the last 10 days. Like, you know, you didn't come this far, just come this far. Like, so it's just a case of accepting, going like, okay, this is going to suck now really bad. My physio, being my physio, being the, the miracle worker that he is, spent like a good 10 minutes, like, I think he put a whole, whole tube of Voltrol across the quad. Yeah. He got into work really deep into it there. And it was just like, um, it was just like a, a deep spasm in my quad he managed to deal with. And then as soon as I got up and moved around a bit, I was fine. But it was like laying down there for those 10 minutes. I was like, I'm, I'm fucked here. Like, this, is, this isn't good. It's the only time I like wasn't smiling about anything. I was like, this is actually quite serious. What do you, what do you think you learned from that? The reason why I ask is because I had the exact same thing when I was... How far into my challenge was it? Was six, seven hours? You don't, yeah, you literally yeah, did like six I was, hours. I was like 90% sure I was going to quit because yeah. I, I thought I'd torn my bicep. Yeah. Um, I hadn't. And I came off and got some physio and a bit of rub yeah. down, got the magic sponge, the good water. Yeah, so it is. Yeah, and so then, blue, uh, when you're at school, there's like a blue wet, wet yeah. there's blue wipes and they put on there like broken arms, like don't worry, we got yeah. that for you. Probably placebo, yeah. yeah. And I got a rub down kind of every couple of hours and the nine that seemed to have eased stuff off. But for, for me, I just kind of learned a big lesson in that during those periods of immense pain, it's not always going to be that hard and that painful. If you're... Yeah willing to push through that yeah. there is light on the other side of that real dark moment that you're in and I just wonder if what the learning curve was potentially for, for you to, for facing that, that tough part of the, the challenge and there's anything you've kind of taken forward from the, the whole event in general as well yeah I mean I think the, the, the biggest thing learned from all this is like there's always something there's always something more you can ask yourself there's always something deeper there's always another level you can go to to, to, to pull something out of um, and that's the thing I found I remember that moment it was a case of like laying there and I wasn't angry or anything I was just like okay like the, the idea of not finishing or, or anything happening in that sense like was just not an option and it was quite nice to put myself in a situation where it's like you know pulling up and all that is it an option so like what's, what's the workaround what's the solution here and the fact that even when I didn't know you know this would be treatable I was like alright how you know how long will it take to hop 60k like, let's just fucking go like, let's do it it was the fact that once I accepted it physically got to work got through it I was like yeah, we fucking did that. Like, I was like, I was prepared to crawl to the next 60K because like, I've just run 500 kilometers. I'm not going to stop now because my quad decides to be a bit of a dickhead. Like, there's no way I'm going to stop. And so that was different. I think if that happened on day one, 10K in, and there's me lying there, it's a very different story. But the fact that the first major problem, and the only other issue I had was like a little bit of um, a, a blister on my toes that got bad just because there was a poor shoe choice on one of the days. 
that caused the problem. And then it just meant I was in, that was really painful. But that's again, it's just kind of a bit of a surface level issue. It's not like a muscle's gone or a tendon's gone. Like they're, they're the serious things that can stop you. When it's just surface level things like, like a blister or, um, you know, crap like that, like you can get, kind of get through it. Um, the interesting thing with this, and it's something I've noticed from a lot of, lot of ultra events, and actually it wasn't, I'd say the previous ultra I did earlier this year, I did um, like a 50 mile mountain race in America that was in, I think it was in May. And I- Where was that, sorry? In upstate New York. Um, just for a bit of fun, like, I just like, through, people through TikTok were like, hey, we're gonna do this ultra journey. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I just went over to America to run it. It's really fun. I made a terrible shoe choice because I didn't realize how steep it was. So I used um, shoes that I probably should have used my trail racing shoes. I didn't, despite the fact that it was like a ridiculously steep. What did you course. run in? Uh, on Cloud Monsters, only because I use them a lot anyway for my training runs. But also the woman who won that race the year before, I spoke to her and she was like, oh, you could wear road shoes on it. It's not that bad. And then turns out she was a fucking liar. Um, <laughs> no, but it was like, it, in her case, like what, what she would use and I would use. And like, I, because of my size as well, I've got to remember I'm hundred kilos, yeah. right? Like mm. she's, you know, around 50 kilos. She yeah. can kind of get away with that. When you're this size going downhill, the amount of force going through your feet is massive. Mm. So I had to be more conscious that I need something a bit more support in there. And um, I was like, yeah, you know, just, just give this a go. And then actually when I got onto the course, like, no, this is bad. So I had um, a problem with my, uh, heels from both feet and got to halfway halfway point like 40k in and I was like I'm in trouble here like this is this is bad bad and I, I could tell because I wasn't like wasn't being smiley I wasn't I wasn't chirpy I was just in a, a case of like this this really fucking sucks and I'm halfway mm. and I've been on my feet for six hours I've got six more hours to go another couple thousand meters of climbing to go like this is not a good time right now and that was a very easy that was, a, that was the only time in any sort of event I've gone it might be wise to reconsider cracking on here. But I was with some good people and I was like, just give me 10 minutes. Mm. And I ended up having to run separately from them for like four hours, just in my own little pain cave, own little weird place. And what I found was, and this is something I'm still working through, I'm still trying to put, to put this together, was that emotional pain and physical pain are very, very closely linked. Because during that period, those four hours, I was like, every step, I was swearing at my feet. You know, I was going past, there's, there's like random American families on these trails hiking. There's, uh, there's this big British bloke running past, just yelling, um, every two seconds <laughs> at his feet. And they're like, what is going on? Um, so for those four hours, I was like, this is getting worse and they're getting more and more pain. And I spent, you know, a period just on my own, in my own thoughts, no music, no nothing. And I just thought to things in my life that still hurt me or things in my life that have you know, I have a lot of, uh, carry a lot of emotional pain, maybe emotional baggage to it. And I was so tired, and this is why I love ultra running, because you, your mind goes to these places, you know, your, sub, your, your, your forefront of your mind is so tired that the only thing left is your subconscious. You have these very deep chats, and you talk about things often you'll avoid or you'll distract yourself from doing, but when you're running for 12 hours straight, it's just you and your mind out there. Like, you'll go to these deep points. And I started thinking through some real, you know, things that I've definitely not, like, dealt with, or maybe I'd partially dealt with, or wanted to really explore further, and only when I started dealing with those things or talking myself through those things, the physical pain in my feet disappeared. Both heels, within like a couple minutes, fine. And all of a sudden, you know, I start finding my pace again. All of a sudden I'm like, I'm feeling good here. To the point like, the last, almost like the last four, four hours didn't happen. This is four hours of me being in agony. Like, almost to the brink of tears, it's so painful, to then laughing, singing, catching up with my friends who were like pushing themselves, going for a good time, caught with them. And they're like, what is, what's happened to you? I was like, yeah, I'm feeling good now. They're like, but like, how's it happened? I'm, I was like, I don't know, but I think I dealt with some things and now I'm mm. feeling good. Um, and the next day I woke up, feet felt fine, went for a little jog, like 
so very strange. I always found that from, from this process, like you know, you, all these, you know, physical pain often can be either exaggerated or maybe your body some manipulate you into, into thinking that it's much worse than it is. And actually, a lot of the time, it can be very well connected to emotional pain. Mm. So. I'm just going to keep trying to figure that out and run some more crazy ultras and, and see how it happens. It's, it's definitely a thing. The biggest ultra I did was 100K. Yeah. And there was moments in it, like my feet weren't in a good way mm. when we finished. All my, like, ho- my Achilles, horrendous. Yeah. Like, and again, mine might have been shoe choice, but yeah. it wasn't the end of the world. The amount of emotion you feel when you're... Because you, you're on your own for yeah. so many hours. Very vulnerable place to be in. People find that really hard because there's no other situation that I don't think you could really put yourself in to do that. Like, I don't listen to headphones, really. You're on your own. And I think that is the hardest part of ultra running. Mm. It's just listening to your own thoughts. And as you said, trying to figure out some potential demons yeah. that have obviously hit you in a really, really low point. Yeah. I think it's one of the hardest parts, but I think for a lot of people, you can hugely benefit from that time. I mean, mm. I went out and did, was doing some seven-hour walks with yeah, the handles right. and stuff, and it was it was one of those things of like, there's no time where I'm in my own head for as long as this, like whether mm. it's battling those inner voices or speaking to those inner voices and, and really find out more about yourself because we find ourselves distracted so much by so social media, TikTok. Or, or, you get up your phone or, every two seconds yeah. when you start yeah. thinking something. Like or, it's- our, our attention span is so, so low now. And I think mm. it's it's often one of the good things about those sort of endurance sports, especially if you're doing things on your own, is that you yeah. get to spend that time in your own head because you find out more about that voice that speaks to you a lot because that voice that you hear is the voice that you'll hear more than any other voice in your whole life. How did you find kind of communicating with that inner voice over some of the the long runs and long events that you've done? This episode is how, do you know what? If you don't like listening to noise, mute. This episode is kindly sponsored by MyProtein as we are sat in the brand new MyProtein kitchen. And if you're in Manchester, you need to check it out. It's unbelievable. Yeah. This is the new branded way that we have in front of us, the Impact Way. I am what is commonly referred to as a basic bitch, which basically just means I like the bitch. fundamentals, I like a vanilla whey protein because it can add it yeah. to pretty much anything, oats, yogurts, Lucy, and it, it goes down very smoothly. One also, a new favorite is... But also, I'm taking 20 of these to base camp with me because they are that delicious. Um, not everyone's watching, so what are you talking about? Sorry, the crispy laid toasted marshmallow bar. 16 grams of protein, really delicious, really tasty, really easy to have as a snack. And we have a discount code for you. Well, lastly, I was going to say, sorry, if you have not tried the innovative product, which is clear way, yeah. you don't like milkshakes, you think they taste disgusting, or you don't agree with your stomach, then clear way is literally like a juice in a shaker, which you can easily get over 20 grams of protein in with every single serving. And they also have it in vegan, just for our vegan listeners. But we do have a discount code for my protein and it is not so fit. So make sure you, was that right, Cal? Not so fit. That's the one. Make sure you shop the discount. The discount will be up to 40% across my protein. It is always amazing. So head there and that's the episode. Changes with event to event, really. I think a lot of it goes is, is to how you go into it. So like my first few ultras I did were just like on my own running 50K, 60K, just, just honestly to see if I could do it and then to build up to running 100K. And that was always a case of like, there's a lot of self-doubt until you've actually done it. And a lot of cases of like, I don't know how I'm going to feel going this distance because it's a new distance and there's uncertainty. And you're kind of like, you're playing that game with your own in a, in a, in a monologue, in a, in a dialogue, sorry. But, you know, you're second guessing yourself a lot. 
anytime there's any little issue, you think, you know, what can we do here? And then once you've done it and you build that sort of confidence, build that bit of confidence in it, it's kind of all right. So that's, that's why this last challenge, as tough as it was, no day was any further than any distance I've ever ran before. Because the longest day was 92K, I've run 100K before. Like, so I was never going like, I've done this before. Yeah, because you were without the evidence. I've, I've done yeah. it before, yeah. And I, I, I you know, slammed my first 100K exactly a year before that. So I was like, I know. And I'd run a few ultras since then. It's like, I know I'm good for this. Like, I know, I know I've got it in my legs how I'm going to deal with the day after day after day after day. And after a while, like, I think through the fact that my training block was so, went so well, I, I hit every single run, every single distance. You know, I was ticking them off. I had a big whiteboard in my room. And I was ticking every single run off. The confidence built into it and the mindset going into it was a case of like, I have done everything. Mm. So I deserve to be confident going into this. I deserve to have that mindset of going into it. So no point. The first time actually, I've gone into any sort of race or challenge where I haven't been, I haven't doubted myself at any point. There's no point where my mind was being like, oh, fucking hell, look where you are now. Like, you know, this, we knew this was gonna happen. Mm. We were kind of like working the same team for once. It was quite nice, you know, there wasn't like, you know, sometimes you doubt or any negative feelings mm. creep in. And so it was a really nice experience to actually have that because it was a case of, you know, having prepped for it properly, having a team around me that were giving up so much of their time and their effort and their energy because they believed in me, having people turn up and run with me because they believed in me. It's like, no, there was, there was no room for that sort yeah. of doubt and at all. So I thought there was going to be more of that. I thought it was gonna be, that, that part was going to be harder, that I had to, I'm going to have to overcome to these things. I was now at a great time. Like, honestly, it was every day in, day out. It was, it was tough and it was challenging, but it was a case of doing what's tough and what's challenging with a really positive attitude, being surrounded by awesome people who, you know, are supporting you and helping you along the way and, no, that was that was special. Were there any points when, because obviously you were for the London Tube one, you were surrounded by people all the time. Yeah. In comparison to that fifty mile away, you're like, everyone leave me. Yeah. I need to be by myself. Were there any points for the Tube run where you kind of you you felt you needed yeah. to be on your own? A couple, a couple of times. Um, a friend of mine, Josh Batson, incredible bloke, done some incredible challenges. Yeah, what's he? Is he do? A load of marathons back to back, didn't he? 76 this year in 76 days, one in every city in England, in, in the UK. So moving every night mm. to doing education. He did say to me, because he had people on his challenges join him for different parts of it. He did say, like, make sure you give yourself the opportunity to have mm. some time for yourself mm. if you're struggling a bit. So there was a lot of times during the challenge when I, if I noticed that I was getting a bit, like I could sense that I wasn't in my rhythm. I would say to guys like, hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead a little bit or say to people I'm running with, hey, I'm just gonna have a, a bit by myself. Mm-hmm. I'd do that, but actually what I found what picked me up the most was when I just had, I had chatting shit to people. Like, honestly, yeah. there was nothing better. On the Metropolitan Line day, which is what, this was day four, five, six, seven, and it was 80K, two days before I'd run 86K, like, I was cooked. And this day was long. We rooted it from the lowest point of the, of the line to the highest point, so it was a case of, we could have done it in reverse and it would be mostly downhill. Mm. But when I was planning it, I was like, nah, let's just, just do it uphill. All the fucking yeah. elevation. Yeah, yeah. Like, give it Make a go. Make it even harder. Obviously that day I was regretting my decision massively, <laughs> but we're out in the middle of nowhere because the, the Metropolitan line goes out those that know right the way out to Buckinghamshire, to a place called uh, Amersham and Chesham, which doesn't sound like London mm. because it's not, it's far, so it's <laughs> but the underground goes there. So as I'm going for this day, I am in bits. I've been running since 5 a.m. It's now like 7, 8 p.m. Like I am, I'm sore and I'm tired and my feet have hurt. I, I, everything was going wrong. And I was kind of like going through it a bit. And um, a couple of lads just kind of joined me and like they weren't, they were the first few questions were like, oh, how are the legs doing? And the same sort of question was asking. 
which is still nice to have, by the way, but it's like, you know, when you ask 50 times how your legs are, and the same response is like, it's fucking all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's more a case of, um, he was just like, he just goes up to it, he's like, oh, I've been watching some scars. oh, wicked, okay. He's like, like, I bet you're great class on the night out. It's the first thing he said to me, I was like, no, what? I think I am actually. Um, and we just chatted for about 20 minutes, just chatted, absolute breeze. And I was like, this is such an enjoyable conversation. Mm. And he was, he was just like, he's like, uh, oh, some of my mates was talking about you coming through here. So, but he didn't come out here. So he's like, should I call him? I was like, yeah, call him, FaceTime him. And it just like, it was just good. It was just banter. It wasn't anything about, he wasn't asking about the challenge or like how I was feeling or like technical things. Like he was just like, giving a real natural or like a very uh, um, you know, genuine part of himself and was enjoying it mm. and was, I was like, you know what, this is really enjoyable as well. And he, he wasn't, that's the thing, he wasn't asking me much. He, that, that was quite nice because I think when people ask you questions, especially in the challenges, you're like, oh, this person's come out to and you want to give them as much of you as you possibly can. Problem that is you've got to give a lot to yourself as well and you can't be constantly giving too much, too much of yourself away because it does drain you a little bit. Especially was the, there's not much going on between my ears anyway during these challenges. Like you're so drained. Like people ask you basic questions, you're struggling for words. Mm. So it's just nice when someone's there just being like, Speaking just chatting. They're, just, they're, doing, they're doing the heavy lifting. Yeah. They're, they're keeping the conversation flowing and you're just enjoying it. Like a mate of mine, Leon, did um, John O'Groats to Land's End this year. He did over 14 days. I think it's about 100K a day he averaged. And I met up with him <sighs> day spicy. eight, nine. He was going across the Seven Bridge into Bristol and like, this man had been through it and I knew it was in a bad way. And um, I just thought, you know what, There's no, like, I'm not asking him a single question. Managed to find him in the middle of nowhere. My mate dropped me off to see him. And I was like, I'm just going to be like a source of entertainment. I'm not going to try, I'm not going to ask any questions. Yeah. So I could tell he's going through like, he was, at the, he was at a point where he had to walk backwards down hills because his body was so seized. And he'd have to use poles to get around. And I, he was still like, only like 20 came for the day and he had another 80k to go and I knew it was a lot he was going to be out there till like 2 or 3 in the morning that day and so I was like the last thing this man needs is me asking him questions was, was, was this pre or post your event? pre my events this okay. is the build up to it it's nice to be able to mm-hmm. spend time with people who are doing some sort of stuff and um, I was like there's no way I'm going to like be like so how you feeling yeah. like all this stuff is like how are the legs? he doesn't no. like, there's not that like, what, what, you're, either, you're either going to be a help or a hindrance mm. You know, he's got a crew, he's got teams to be around him who's helping with all the things he actually genuinely needs. All I can do is kind of like, you know what, bring a bit of lightheartedness or mm. entertainment to what's going on. I think it does help by like, having people who've done challenges as well to be around because you kind of know what someone's going through. You know, you don't want to rock up. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes people would turn up and like, you know, 99% of people who came and joined the challenge were awesome and like just, just love being there. And every now and then someone would turn up and like, they would like try and push the pace a little bit. Everyone going on, I'm like, Buddy, like, I naturally pick you because you naturally pick up the pace mm. of people around you. So like when you go for a run with a mate and he's trying to go quite fast, mm. and you know, you, you feel like you should kind of try and keep up with him a bit, like, he just tricks you into it. Um, there will be issues like that. I'm like, buddy, like, do you mind, do you mind, do you mind like, not trying to pick up the pace? It was just fun because I get it because running ultras, like, you're going, you're having to set yourself a very uncomfortably slow pace that you can hold for days at a time. You're in survival mode, not speed mode. 100%. Whereas everyone else joining you, they might be in there for an hour and they yeah. go, well, this is actually kind of slow. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, and as I just said to people, like, don't, no one run in front of me because it's going to knock me off my sort of strategy of how I'm doing it. Or um, if anyone had, a few times people turn up with like carbon plate shoes, which is obviously great if you're trying to run a fast like half marathon. The worst shoes to wear if you're, you know, to, yeah. to join someone else. And also they're really slappy, like the sound of the... Yeah, like clip-clop, aren't clip-clop they? Clip-clop a bit there. And obviously you pick up the cadences you hear. Like I often run with it. When I'm trying to change my cadence for training, I'll play different um, 
music at beats per minute or I play a metronome just mm. to work on my cadences to try and you know work on technique things so if someone's around me running at a really weird cadence with like can't play shoes I'm going to naturally pick up yeah. their cadence so it kept throwing me off for quite a bit so there was one time this poor bloke he joined me in one of the really early starts so like four in the morning and um, he had like a pair of uh, carbons on and I had to say to him I was like mate can you do me a favour like can you run like 20 metres behind me yeah. <laughs> it was only like me and him out there it wasn't like there's a crowd of people yeah. and even when he was back I could still kind of hear him I'm like oh, this is, this is going to be odd so I literally had to like Put a, I, never, I didn't really listen to his music but I put headphones on that day because I was like I kind of need to just list, zone into mm. my own cadence and just stick out and just like get my rhythm and just, just stick at it yeah it's really difficult that because even when we've been for runs together like you even if you sometimes run slightly ahead and like can you just run at the side or run behind you know, yeah. if, it, if it's yeah. my running times if we're running at my yeah for my training block and, and the same with your training blocks because yeah. if someone starts going at a different pace when it's your training yeah. block it's so off-putting because it's like I'm chasing you and it feels like my time's off and my heart rate's off and what I'm training for isn't right and then it pisses you off and your heart rate gets higher because you're yeah. angry and it's like but that's why it's important to have I think good people around yeah. you because yeah. it was the same as my 100k my best friend ran with me and it ended up only being for like 4k and I had to say because yeah. she was she felt great I'm yeah. 70 and I was like I feel fucking shit so I just said I was like can you drop 20 meters back yeah. and then stop and then my sister came to find me she found me and I said yeah. you're gonna have to leave yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't deal with that so, and it's not like you're you're being rude or nasty it's generally just like I think people understand because yeah. they feel really great and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And you feel like you're running quite slow because ultra pace is much slower than just a normal... Yeah, it's like a shuffle, right? A normal jog. Um, yeah, it's just one foot in front of the other, as you said. But I think you sounded like you did have a really solid support system around you. Yeah. I think the, the having the... I was... I think with anything, is communication is key. So I would say to the team, like, hey guys, like, I'm going through it. Anyone joins, just like can they join around you and just give me a bit of distance from everyone? I'll, I'll just kind of focus on what I've got to do now. And then it'll also be things like they would communicate to anyone join like, hey, like he's going through the minute or like, hey, like just make sure you don't run ahead of him, like run with him, like just, just kind of communicate that. Because also a lot of people don't know, a lot of people, so many people that's the first, probably the first time they ran with someone doing a challenge and they don't know how to, to do anything there. So again, it's no, there's no, it's all well and good like being like, oh, they should know. It's like how people, yeah. unless you explain things to people and say that's all fine. Just doing it from like, a, I understand like they're there to support that's the most important thing. They, they come out to support. Um, and even if I'm going through it, or I feel like shit, like I don't want someone to come out who supported me and being like, you know, come back, like, how was it like, he's a bit of a dick. Like, mm. it's not, you go, oh, God, understand it. And like, I wouldn't be doing these things without the support people who wanted to, wanted to be involved with it, be a part of it. So, you know, there is an element of setting aside how I feel about it all. Mm-hmm. And just being like, hey, this person's come out to like support and yeah. run and share what's going mm-hmm. on which is great. So yeah, it didn't get too much there, but it's, again, it's come down to communication. It's been like, when I'm really feeling it, just explaining that to the team. Cause I think otherwise I'm usually got a smile on my face and like yeah. people are like, oh, there is like just jumping in. So definitely a case of that. But there was times, yeah, of course you're going for it. But it's when you said the hundred K, I had the same thing. One of my mates, Ollie, if you're listening to this, I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, he joined me for the last like 10 K and I'm going through it at this point, like badly. And he joined me and he's like a very high energy, very positive I'm there, like, just grinding these last yeah. 10 hours. And I'm like, let's go. Like, Nothing let's, left. Let's, no, nothing's left here at this point. I'm really, like, suffering. It's the furthest I ever ran. And yeah, every step is the new distance I've ever ran. And I'm there, like, really going through it, deep into my own inner thought. You know, very, like, you know, one of this. And he turns up. 
And he's like, come on, mate, lift those feet. And like, his energy was so up here. And I bear mind, yeah, the contrast. He's driven for hours to find me. He's given up his entire Saturday to find me. And I can't be like, fuck off, mate. So it's a case of that. And he kept being like, he's like, he was just giving me really positive, like, phrases. That was the last thing I wanted. Mm. I, was, I wanted to live in this suffering. I wanted to remember these moments of like, you know, just really drill it into myself. And then, like he would just start playing music at his phone, and we turns out me and him are very different tastes in music. <laughs> and next thing he's playing this thing here, and like real, like, I'm like, what was he playing? Like, he was playing, like, he loves Fred again. He's banging out Fred again. I'm like, look, there's time and place for it. I was like, I've heard enough times now, mate. He was on Beethoven. Mate, it just, yeah. it just wasn't. It was such a mismatch of vibes. It's probably the best way to put it. But it was like the intention was so good. Yeah. I can't be there being like, listen, mate. Like, you know, how does he know what's going on in my head? I'm not talking about it. I'm happy to see him. I'm happy he's there. I'd had to say like, oh, let's just you know drop the tunes a bit. Like, all I need you to do, mate, because it's dark at this point, and I had my head torch on, but I could just see what's in front of me. It's a cross country thing, so I couldn't like, I didn't know what was going on anywhere else. So I was just saying like, hey, let's just set like a certain pace and like let's just keep pushing it and let's just just, just see what we what we can hold. And like you just tell me what the pace we're holding at and like as we're coming towards the finish, like just tell me where we're at and like. You know, just keep asking me that, how I'm just just keep checking in with this sort of stuff there and communicating it. Rather than me in there being like, this fucking guy and his energy, his positivity. Yeah, Fuck you. absolutely. There wasn't that case. So yeah. it, was, and it was great. And then obviously being there and him coming in, finishing with me was was amazing. You know, you know, I think as much as at the time, the mo- at that moment, I'm like this guy. It would have probably been a lot worse if I'd have done it on my own. Like it's nice to have people that would be willing to give up their Saturday to come run incredibly slowly with me for the last bit of an ultra. So. Yeah, very grateful for that. Did you get any points of delusion when you were running? Sometimes people, what's it called? Hallucinations. Yeah, like hallucinations. The night where I didn't sleep was pretty, like, yeah, the last day. So we went through from the 10th day, Waterloo City, straight into, so you start at midnight. So I had like a nap in the afternoon and then I just got up and just got out after it and doing that. So that was, yeah, <laughs> oh, my mind was going to some weird places at that point because I hadn't really slept. I hadn't slept much at the whole challenge. I was getting like three hours a night. But it was just how much do you usually get eight nine like yeah, i'm really so that's good sleeper. i'm really good on my sleep um on my own sleep health and just a case of my body was so like what the fuck are you doing mm. like each day i mean you know when every bit of technology you wear being like you need to stop moving <laughs> you, need, you need to rest you're not recovered and it's, I know and it's not. like watch me drop 16 hour running and the next day it's like what are you doing um so no it was uh it, my body was a bit messed up at that point yeah. but it's also the point of like that was, you know, you're not going to stop and, and do it here. So that, 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 was, that was fine at that point. I got yeah. to, uh, yeah, especially when you're going through the night when it's dark and, you know, it's, it's a bit trippy that way there. Like, I'm not a massive fan of running in the dark, middle of nowhere. Like I like to see yeah. these, like, opt- it's called uh, optic flow. It's one of the main reasons I really like running. It's like a really refreshing thing. It's like stuff moving past your eyes. Like when you're running, new, new stimulus. Mm-hmm. It's a real nice way of like soothing the mind. Really good way of like you know of of being able to focus on things things in your head. When it's dark, you don't have that because it's just block color. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Optic, optic flow. Optic flow. Optic flow everybody. everybody. Optic flow. Really, really interesting concept. Andrew Huberman was talking about recently about why going for a walk in the morning is good. The same principle happens with a run. If it's pitch black, you're not getting anything. There's no yeah. nothing coming through here. You're very much you're left more alone. So doing that that last day when we started midnight. And sun rose around sort of five-ish a.m. So the first five hours where I hadn't slept, I was broken, and I was just trying to get through it. And I was like, "This is." I was, my mind was getting to a bit of a weird places then. But as soon as the sun came up, and it started getting warmer, and there's people like out to me at different tube stops, and friends coming to join us. This, and I was like, 
yeah, we're right here. I just had mm. to keep shucking back coffees. Though. I was getting, I was, mm. I was tired at that point. I really want to just like get on with it and uh, yeah, and and keep moving. So that happen, it happens though, time to time. Mm. You do get it. Like you, your mind just goes to weird places, and you do kind of. Mm. I haven't fully hallucinated yet, but yeah. you know, I'm looking it forward to come. it. Yeah. It will come at some point, and during the next challenge, yeah. It's uh, it's interesting that I hear that term optic flow. I'll take that with me because. Mm. I think it's one of the nice things about running in general is that change in environment and change in stimulus, which is what you don't get from being in the gym. That's the thing that I massively mm. benefited from from when I started running is yeah. almost a, an environment of creativity as well for myself mm. because you have that change in stimulus that makes you think about different things. And I've not done a massive amount of night running and my optic... Sti- what is it called? Optic, sti- optic, optic flow. flow. Optic flow was... Yeah. When I was doing my challenge, it was just the same 400 meter track of rubber for 24 hours. Yeah. It was boring shit in the world. <laughs> Optic flow didn't exist, but one of the things you, you, you spoke about before, just rewinding it back, was about sure. how as the days went on, it almost became easier. Um, yeah. Obviously, one of those things is you're building up more evidence to say that you are competent, confident, and that you're, you're, you're going to do this. 100%. There's an element of some cost fallacy because you're like, fuck, I've already pulled how many days into it, so I'm not, give, not giving up now. Um, but then I always find it really interesting the impact that pain has on mm. confidence and success and results. I think pain helps you almost like pull back layers of yourself to discover more about yourself because you don't always know what you're capable of and it allows you sometimes to see your like greater potential without that. It's, it's almost like a magnifying glass of where you can see more about yourself and really understand what you, your mind and your body are capable of doing. What what do you think the magic is in doing hard things? I think a lot of it comes down, especially for speaking from like male perspective, I think is feeling competent is huge. Like being able to overcome challenges or difficulties, you know, laying that like, I have done this. I you know, was here, done this now. Laying it down like, hey, guess what? I've done that now. That building again and again and again and again just... I think makes such an impact on you know one's ability to overcome challenge, one's ability to believe in themselves. So, with regards to um, gaining confidence, especially from positions of pain, I think it's so so important. Just having that list of things that you say, "Hey, guess what? I, I've now accomplished these things." And as you go through that process of building that like resume of things, you can say, "Hey, I've done this." You gain that confidence. But a lot of the time, this comes from starting points of. You know, other other pain points as well. The thing I was thinking, on the, even on the way up here today, I was like jotting this down was the understanding of like because I, I, I put a post out recently and a lot of people were sort of torn on it a bit because it was talking about like how like basically it was about using anything as your motivation, anything as a source of inspiration, positive or negative. And generally speaking, like you know, usually anyone who's done anything or anyone who's like succeeded at anything or, to, or overcome anything, usually their first motivators is a pain point. I don't like where I am. Someone's broken my heart. Like, I, there's, a, there's a massive negative there, which was like the first impetus to go and do something. Mm. I think over time, that starts that way. And then obviously, ultimately, it can lead into things of then, you ha- then you're doing it for a positive, right? I think at the starting point is always that. And a lot of people are like, oh, you know, do things for the right reasons. Like, no, like, use anything you've got as motivation or as fuel or as, as anything to get you moving. So I think a lot of the time, you know, it takes an event, something bad, something terrible, some, something that makes you either dislike yourself or something's happening here you know some sort of horrible thing it could be a loss of someone it could be a bad breakup it could be you know being deceived whatever it could be these negative emotions 
I would say like emotion is energy. Use whatever emotion you've got. If it's positive, if it's negative, whatever it is. You just speaking at the start of anything, you know, when someone first like starts to go into the gym or improve themselves, a lot of the time they're not doing because they're going, I just want to be fit and healthy. A lot of the time it's like, because someone's made me feel like shit. Yeah. Someone's put me down. Someone's put me in a position where I don't like who I am. I want to change there. Is that a negative starting point? You're absolutely right. Is that going to push someone to go and do something about it? 100% as well. Not saying go out and tell your friends some really horrible things they start like improving themselves. It's not that at all, but it's more a case of anyone who's done anything great, pretty much all the time it starts on that thing there. And after a while, once they've gained that competency, they then move to an element, uh, you know, a place of, okay, I'm now here in a good, better place. What are the things I actually want? What are the things I want to move towards? And then it's a case of positive going forward from there. But I think, you know, so many times people talk about, you know, do things for the right reasons or, you know, don't do this to prove anything to anyone else. You do it to prove it to yourself. It's like, no, if you want to prove some people mm. wrong, go and fucking do it. What you've just described there, you probably picked up on it as well, Ben, is something called ECC. Yeah. So emotionally charged connection. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't yeah, know. there's, oh, there's cool. your, we take opposite flow, you yeah. can have that one. There we go, nice. Um, mine was, I started with something emotional, not like trauma, but somebody shouted out when we used to swim that, oh, she's so anorexic. And I was like, oh, and that was so painful. Yeah. I think that was my catalyst. Yours was similar. Yeah, just, uh, it was more my mum took the piss out of me. I was really skinny as a kid, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so interesting for speaking to different people about their pain points. And I'm just really interested in pain in general because I think mm. pain can massively be an ally. Huge. And both physically and mentally. I think when you're looking at like pain from a perspective of, of, of being in the gym or training and having that physical pain, I'm not talking about a lactic acid build up or yeah. fatigue. I'm talking about like physical pain of like this morning I had pain in my hip doing squats. I was like, yeah. probably need to stop doing that because it's not a good pain and pain is usually a warning sign of like yeah. something worse is going to happen if you carry on do- carry yeah. on doing this and you get the emotional or psychological pain mm. of being like, I don't want to feel like this again. So I'm going to yeah. do everything I can not, not to do that and that's to why away from, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's why I think pain can be uh, an alloy in, in kind of guiding you and to have mental purpose in, in what you're doing whether that's physical or whether that's emotional and just to stop you wanting to go go back there it's always a signal of like I don't want to be that person again or feel that way again so I'm going to do everything possible to push myself away from that and gain experiences to 100%. to be a different person 100% I think maybe nail on the head that but there, I think it's you know, things like emotional pain, physical pain, there's so much to be learned out of pain. And mm. I think as well, you know, we shouldn't always shy away from pain, but it's one of those things, you know, life, no one goes through life without experiencing pain. You know, whatever that may be, you know, there's, there's always be things that physically hurt us. There's always going to be things that emotionally hurt us. And I think it just comes down to a question of like understanding that, you know, your character is built through experiences in life that aren't very comfortable and that's okay. And do something about it. I think the other thing is, is, is you know, understanding that again the people that most people the people that I look up to in fitness they've all had something in their life that's pretty fucking catastrophic that's that's you know caused them to really ask serious questions themselves and then they've gone on and used that and taken it forward and then it's like hey would they have done that amazing thing if they didn't have that negative experience mm. probably not you know that's there's a grounding point for them it's such, a, it's such a huge anchor for them to then use to go forward so I think reflecting on that it's like anytime anything you know, shitty happens to me in life. And I've got a pretty good CV of shit things that have happened mm-hmm. to me in life. You know, I don't particularly talk about it on social media. I keep that quite far off because private and personal things are private and personal to me mm-hmm. and, and my loved ones. But there's been some horrific things that have happened. And each one of those things I use as 
fuel or always to understand, to, to, to grow and whatnot. And so whenever anything else happens in life, I'm not, I'm not you know, it's not me for six. Like, okay, let's try and understand this. And it helps you equip you with these things that happen. But yeah, like shit things happen all the time in life to people and it's not fucking great. How, how many times does that create another opportunity for you? Do you know what I mean? Like when, when, when you've bumped into failure or pain and so that, it's almost created another a fork in the road of choices that you've got to make one to sacrifice ones, whatever it is. And it, it's funny because it, it sometimes that pain comes from comparing to other people or where other yeah. people are. And this is the funny thing about pain and, and having goals is that I think people get bogged down with it because time causes a lot of pain. People are like thinking, oh, I should be here in this yeah. space of time. I should be here in this space of time. And it's, it gets people, people down a lot of time. And I even wrote a note here about it because you can be moving super slowly towards your goal. And it still doesn't matter how slow, as long as you're still moving in that right direction yeah. like we were speaking about before. But you can be moving very fast the wrong way. Yeah. So we need to focus more on direction, not speed. And that's something that I still have to remind myself often or, re- or I have to reframe it almost weekly yeah. especially if I don't feel like oh, that person's getting ahead of me mm. it doesn't matter because as long as I'm going the right that direction way. it's better for me to move slowly in that direction rather than me moving 100 mile an hour the wrong way 100% no, 100% I think a thing that's quite real, real recently is the fact that you know on comparison to others is something that is ingrained in us as humans like it's something that is naturally ingrained in us from you know 10, 20,000 years of our species we've, we've evolved to a point where we survive by looking at those around us and going, you know, judging ourselves along our tribe almost. The problem is nowadays is we don't judge ourselves against the people around us. We judge ourselves against the best people in the world at everything. Like, Everywhere. It's, and that's so discouraging for a lot of people because a lot of people probably want to try and get into running. They see someone doing, you know, crazy marathon times or they see someone doing challenges, whatever it is, and think, oh, I can't do that. So what's the point of me even doing this 5K or trying to get to this thing here? And it's like... It's a, it's, I used to do it as well. I, you know, I'm guilty of doing that. I used to, you know, when I first started getting training, I'd see people who were much stronger, bigger, fitter, look better than me, and I'd be like, fucking hell, that's not very far. They're doing that. It's like, you know, but you're looking at the best people at these things. Of course they're going to be great, because all they do is that one thing. Um, and I think now it's understanding that comparing yourself to other people isn't necessarily bad. It's just the process of how we do it. Should we, you know, look at people in our friendship groups and that stuff and say, you know, hang on a minute, they're all sorting their lives out. I'm not. You know, is that a good thing to do? Yeah, it's great to compare yourself to your peer group and the anime. Like, everyone else here is, like, you know, moving forward in life and I'm still down the pub every Friday and Saturday night. And I'm like, maybe, mm. you know, there's something in that and you should probably compare yourself to other people. Obviously, looking at people you don't know if the internet, don't know their story, don't know anything about them and comparing yourself to them, that's where the difficulty lies. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to compare to other people. It's just who you compare yourself to. You know, maybe compare yourself to people who are of the same sort of bracket as you with regards to like mm. same background, same similar story, similar sort of upbringing and try to compare yourself to someone who, you know, had a complete different upbringing to you or maybe is older than you. Like it's, it's apples and oranges, you know, yeah. completely different. It's also where I think as humans, we have to have that ability to look at people and take inspiration mm-hmm. rather than comparison because we all do it. It's so easy to do. Try... So say if you were jealous of someone or there was this comparison thing that you had, I think as humans, this is what I try and do. You take it away and be like, okay, but I think that's super inspirational. Because being inspired by someone rather than trying to compare yourself because you physically yeah. cannot compare yourself to anyone. We're so individual as people. We're not like anyone else. Mm-hmm. Unless you're maybe like an identical twin, you might have a few more similarities. Sure. 
you're so different to other people. So it's like, okay, I definitely feel a certain type of way about that person. Yeah. But I'm going to pivot it and just take a little bit of inspiration rather than like compare my running times, compare yeah. my pace, compare mm-hmm. what they look like. Do you know what? That's really inspirational. So I'm going to pluck that and yeah. then shut the door yeah. and That's, do I, it in that way. I think 100% is the, is the best way around that is just to take little bits of inspiration here and there, but not start trying to, you know, fully plot each other. Next one, the graph with all the other, yeah, all the other all metrics. The like, no, no, like just, just take the inspiration you need from other people and, 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 and use that. I think some people can, they almost feel bad the, these days comparing themselves to other people because you yeah. get you see those quotes so many times on social media of, don't compare yourself to someone else and then it's like finding it's yourself so doing it you feel bad for doing it but if you didn't do it in some regard you would be a complete sociopath because we use society as almost like a soundboard for yeah. our actions because you, you put something out there it's like oh it didn't land well we'll probably yeah, shouldn't say or, or do that yeah. do that again and it's it's important that we do that sometimes and there's there's different there's different metric right. sticks that we can use to compare sure. like you could look at someone and go oh god he's got so much more money than I've got like he's a millionaire but then you could look and go okay what matters to me well I'm having a huge impact on this running community and yeah. that's really important to me and you use that other metric to as a comparison and it, it changes the the landscape completely 100% always fun as well like if you look at the people who are the best at anything they are just really good at one thing and they suck yeah. at most other things like at 99% you know, of other things yeah 100% like every time I meet someone who's like amazing at one thing they're generally just like they've probably got like a terrible mm. relationship with a partner or no partner at yeah. all like mm. they're like whatever that could be like there's no one has everything you can't you cannot have everything like that you know if you've got one thing that's amazing there's going to be areas where you're lacking you know I look for myself for example I always trying to you always you know think oh, I'm going to be amazing on these things like absolutely not I have some massive flaws in things I know things I'm good like yeah. there are so many things I'm terrible at and I'm like cool that's fine I'm, I'm, I've accepted that I'm never be good at those things I'm not trying to be I'm not going to get down about it mm. because of the things I am good at I like to think I'm really pretty good at and like they matter to me yeah. and that's it and I'm not sitting here comparing myself to the people going like well actually this person can do this and this it's like good for them I'm cool like I'll, I'll, I'll stick with I'll stick what I got here one of the things we just briefly spoke about before we jumped on the podcast I think it was kind of how I thought you were going to say caffeine then <laughs> no we'll yeah. get on to the coffee talk in a minute it was kind of about how we first connected on TikTok maybe yeah, TikTok. I think I saw your account it was uh, I think you might have had in your bio about being one of the biggest runners on TikTok in terms of physical stature and it's something that we spoke about quite a lot we had yeah. Fergus Crowley on the other week we did a, an episode on uh, kind of top tips for, for bigger runners and I think the thing that I liked, really liked about your page was it, it was breaking down barriers for like what the normal runner looked like um, and maybe getting some more like the bro lifters into trying running and, mm-hmm. and adding another add another modality to the to the training something yeah. different to think about what would your tip from your perspective of being a bigger runner be for, for those who are maybe listening today that they can take away um, and apply to their training to become a better runner for someone who believes that maybe they're not the normal typical yeah. unquote, the average typical average size runner, runner. Yeah. good point there I would say like being a bigger runner or like someone from a strength background, you have massive advantages over anyone else in running. And that is your ability to withstand force. Mm-hmm. Most runners who are great runners, elite runners, you know, I spend a lot of time now around some seriously great runners who represent England or Team GB. They are balancing so many injuries because they're so fast, because they don't have the effort or the energy or the inclination to necessarily do that much strength training. Mm-hmm. Strength training is an absolute cheat code for not getting injured. I've done 
so many ultras, at least in marathon, whatever it is, I haven't had a single injury from running. And my physio is like, yeah, because you've lifted weights for since you were 16 years yeah. old and you constantly do that. He goes, trying to get someone who's like running for Team England to do their leg program when they're running 160K a week, they haven't got it in them to go do that strength session. Mm. The, the most important thing for them is to go and do that track session or go and do that extra 20K that week. That's the most important thing for them. They're obviously running that fine line of injury, but that's that's the game of being an elite runner. They're always playing that 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 level at that level. Whereas if you're just a big dude, like it's really hard to injure yourself as a big guy just from running. There are niggles you get on the way, shin splints, you know, adaptations that you need to sort of get over. Once you've got over the, the, that first sort of like that first difficult bit and you get to like a base level of competency, like you can push yourself through it pretty hard. And most people, where a lot of people would necessarily break or fall apart like having that base of strength is such an important factor then go do something with it you know what's the point of lifting that weight in the gym do something with it like you know all the time you've squatted or lunged or all this sort of stuff it's like you know what, what have you done it for have bigger legs okay well here's an idea why don't you go use those legs to run and yeah. do something and, and, and achieve something from it like you know i've no intention to ever step out on a stage but you know i do lift weights pretty much every day it's to help me get stronger to be able to withdraw you know or with um endure certain things you know now when I lift weights as a focus to it, it's like, okay, I want to be able to, you know, throw myself down a mountain at top speed and not have my knees break. Yeah. You know, it's quite a nice feeling to be able to, so then when you go and do that, it's like, well, yeah, that's the reason I lifted those weights all that time or, you know, whatever it, whatever it could be. And I think it's important to understand that as a bigger dude, like, are you going to go to the Olympics as, you know, a marathon runner? No. It's cool. Like, never am I. Like, it's, it's, it's all right. Like, but what you can do is, you know, find something that a lot of people find difficult and in the process of getting better at that difficult thing, find more competency. I think when people first step in the gym, you know, everyone, everyone's terrible when they first step in the gym. No one knows they're doing when they very first go to the gym. I remember my first ever time in a gym, I was scared. I thought everyone was going to judge me, all this sort of stuff. Same thing happened when I started running. I was like, oh, everyone's going to judge me. You know, I'm not good at this. It's like, it's not that we're not good at it, it's that we're not in practice of it. You know, you're only good at what you practice doing. Same way no one's naturally born gifted at running. You've got to work at it. No one can actually just start up and go, I'm going to run a 2.30 marathon. It goes, no, no, that takes work. Same way no one can just turn up and go, right, I want 150 kilo bench press. You know, it doesn't happen like that. You have mm. to build up to it. And it's okay because, again, same way if you saw a super skinny guy in the gym, you wouldn't be like, what's he doing here? Mm. You'd never think that. Because you think, yeah, he's here to, he's trying to grow some muscle, trying to grow his strength, like, good on him. You see a guy out there who maybe isn't the you know, most normal bill for running, you wouldn't go, what's he doing out here? You'd be like, hey, good for him. Give him something to go. And actually one thing I found with the running community is the most, one of the most accepting sporting communities out there yeah. because it's hard for everyone. Yes, it probably is a bit harder for you if you're a bit bigger and come from a strength background, but guess what? Like, it, it's not easy for anyone. Like, it's, it's a relentless, unforgiving sport that doesn't discriminate against anyone. Like, no one, you know, I haven't heard anyone say they broke their marathon PR and it was easy. Like, it's not easy. Like, no one's saying yeah. an ultra is easy. Like, none of it's easy, but the confidence it gives you and the, you know, how competent you feel from doing these, you know, building for a training period. Um, and that's the other thing, training in the gym and training and running, like it's very similar in the sense of here's your training program. Here's what you got to eat. Here's this, like it's little disciplines and, you know, write it down your notebook, stuff that I love to do. And I found when I, you know, when I started adding running into my, as one of my training modalities, it wasn't like this super like difficult. It was like, oh, cool. Like, this is another thing I do now. Yeah. You know? I think that's the beauty of it as well. It's quite nice to be a beginner at something yeah. and then 
because I was very, <laughs> I'm still quite a robotic runner. Yeah. I'm a little bit stiff, I'm a little bit tense because of training. But yeah, yeah. injuries, joints and things like that. But you are a beginner mm-hmm. and then you're not. And yeah. then you clash yourself. Oh, like I go for a few runs and then, oh, I'm a runner. Oh, yeah. I'm doing a race. Yeah. And you go along the journey. It's the same as someone's a runner with a lifter going into yeah. the gym. Like, oh my God, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to do anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to do anything. It was yeah. so overwhelming. It's like barbell, absolutely not. And you learn because it's okay to be a beginner. People are so scared to not know what they're doing. But I think the beauty in that is learning something Mm. new and trying Mm. something new. It's okay if you fail. We all fail. We all look a bit weird sometimes. It's it's literally the definition of imposter syndrome. Why why would you be confident doing something that you've never done before? Why would you be confident going out and speaking in front of a crowd of people? Why would you be confident going out and doing Mm. a run for the first time? Why would you be confident in the gym when you've never done it before? And I think being at one with that feeling of being a beginner at doing anything and knowing that you are going to have the most growth during that period is the thing that you should be looking forward to. Mm -hmm. And then it gets really hard when the... And you're in the get a second quicker. Well, that's what I mean. In, in, yeah. the first, in the first few years, whether it be bodybuilding or whether it be running, in the, in the first year, of, let's, say, let's say bodybuilding, beginner grains, yeah. novelty, mm-hmm. um, I can I can grow a lot, I build a lot of tissue quickly. Mm. And then the years after that, I'll train <laughs> 365 days a year, yeah. I'll diet every day, I'll put yeah. myself through, through hell and I'll probably put on like one, kilo one on pound of, of muscle. <laughs> and then you're doing all your runs, you, you, you're eating optimally and you might shave a couple of seconds. Yeah, it's a bit okay. diminishing returns, 100%. Yeah. You know, those first few bits. So again, anyone new to running, it's like the best return you get is those first, those first few months you're getting into it. Yeah, you just knock time off. Like it's, it's actually insane how quick, how, how much mm. the... You know, people talk about, you know, running is one of those things that takes a long time to get good at. It's like, well, yeah, to get really good at, it's pretty quick. Once you've no good technique, mm. you know, breathing technique, understand your heart rate zones. Once you've got that nailed on, like just put the time in and the return is massive. And also that, like being able to be competent enough to increase your distance is such a chico. Like I went from, when was it? My first time I ever ran a half marathon. Going from a half marathon to 100K was about two years. Mm which isn't a great amount of time. Like, it's a pretty significant jump up in distance there. Like, you know, half, you know, half marathon. I remember when I did that, I felt like the guns on my head, I couldn't run any further than that. Like, that was the, yeah. that, that's, the, mm. that's the furthest distance anyone has ever ran in my yeah. head. I was like, that is, you know, insane. And then, you know, two years, less than two years later, being like, oh yeah, cool, going to run 100K. And then now, then a year after that, like, oh cool, I'm going to run 572 over like a week and a bit. Like, dude, that's the one thing where you may not get faster, that your ability to endure more will significantly increase. Mm. It's that exposure with with yeah. with anything, exposing yourself to to mm. bigger or better. And I mean, even I suppose in a, in a different world, in a business world, like you expose yourself to bigger fish, and you put yourself in a room where you're the smallest or mm. less wealthy or the, the least knowledgeable. You're always going to grow, and you'll grow from those experiences and those exposures. Like you'll put yourself mm. in, and I think that's why if we can just be more open to doing a thing and, and turning mm. up and putting in some hard work and putting yourself through some pain, it's, um, it's, it's so difficult at first to, to, to do because you don't see immediate gratification from it. You just get that <laughs> horrible pain yeah. from it. Yeah. And it's like, when does this end like and when the pleasure start coming? But I think if you can be, again, willing to do it because the only difference, like we said a lot of time, is between you and someone who's been successful is just someone's fucked up a lot more times than you have. Same, same with, same, you know, I, I like to equate things like getting better in the gym or getting better at running as things on social media as well. You know, mm. no one's really good when they start out. Everyone's kind of, you know, 
mess up a serious amount of times and make some yeah. terrible things. You know? I always say to people, people ask me recently, like, like, because things are going quite well, like, how do I get into it? How do I do this? I'm like, I always say, go watch my first hundred videos. They're not good. Mm. To be fair, the second hundred aren't much better after that. But like, <laughs> there's a little bit of improvement. But it's a case like anyone ever saying that, like, oh, how do you do it? How do you do that? I want to get started on this. I want to get started on that. It's like, you just kind of, you give it a go and you get over the fact that you're not going to be good at it and it's okay not to be good at it and you accept the fact that and like anyone, like I would say this now, like anyone I see starting out on social media trying something, I'm not going to sit there and be like, they're not very good. It's like, of course they're not. Like, they're, just, they're just starting out. It's, it's new to them. Like anything that's new to you, you're going to, when I started out, I wasn't very good. I look back at those videos now, I'm like, wow. Like, I can't but, watch mine. Like, yeah. yeah but, it's, watch them. It, but it's a case there and like, I always say to people like, hey, go, well, here's the, I send people the link to my very first one on TikTok. Like, here you go, have a look at that. Like, it's not very good. Mm. It's okay not to be good. Like, it's okay just to throw out there because you learn from messing up, not post, posting videos that no one, here's the thing about messing up on social media. If it's a bad video, no one watches it. Mm. Exactly. It's fine. 100%. Okay, cool. Put something out, doesn't, doesn't hit. Yeah, no problem. No one saw it. Like, it's, it's fine. But actually, the ones that people see are the ones that do really well. So that's why I'm like, you know, there's, there, I've got more videos that didn't hit than have hit. Mm. Obviously now things are, you know, much easier. You know, average views are really good. People engaging, a lot of people following along. But like, you know, it's, it's all right because I'm used to them not hitting. I'm used to, not, I'm used to having to sit down and go, right, why didn't this one work? Like going through and there's a process and it's all a part of the process, all a part of, cool, but I'm willing to give it a go again tomorrow. Like, okay, this one didn't work, but you know what? Let's give it a go tomorrow. And that, as I said earlier, not quitting. You don't, like, if you don't give up, you can't fail. Exactly. Like, if you keep on going, like, I've, I've, I've chatted to people on social media, I know, who've, guys who've, like, posted so much and eventually, it just goes, it's, it's, you just keep, keep going, keep 100%. going. It's like that iceberg theory, isn't it? It's like you see the top of the iceberg, then underneath this massive thing of all the hard work. If you've not seen it, you'd yeah. love that diagram because you. And then it's all the hard work, all the graft, and then people see the highlight reel of social media, but they don't see all the hard work that you've actually put into it. So yeah. I think that's a great idea. Being like, yeah. this is my first video. Yeah. So you know, consistently, relentless. This is this is what you've got to do. Well, if you're looking at vol that way from in terms of posting, then it's just you want to try and create value, and then every now and again, one of them will pop off. Like. Yeah. And you've got to keep putting those other ones in there. How many free kicks did David Beckham take before one went in? How many drop goals did Johnny Wilkinson take before yeah. the, the one pops off? It's it's the one in a million that you you take, and, and you've got and to that, get. That's the one everyone sees. Yeah, yeah no exactly. one's seen the ones. No one sees the ones you mess up and whatnot. Like it, it, it's it's mad how like even now I go through like old stuff. And I'm like, yeah, no one's really seen these ones, and it's like the stuff that I would do and I'm excited about it I put all this effort and I just yeah. I probably put more effort into those ones there because now I'm like I've streamlined like, I kind of know how to structure a video in a better way that people are going to enjoy and people are going to get something from understand mm -hmm. how to present value how to you know create a hook or how to introduce a video that's going to people are going to go oh I want to see what's happening here like and you know how to make something that people are going to want to share or save whatever it is back then I had no idea what I was mm -hmm. doing but I put a lot of effort into those ones and it's like it's, it's funny how the people keep asking oh, I don't know how do you I had some guy mess me the other day and he's asking me about questions about social media and this, how do you do this? I was like, dude, like, like you, you, cause he was, he was sweating about this video. There. I was like, just put it out. Just like the, the best way to see if it's going to work or not is put it out to see people like it. If it. You know, that's, it's a really instant way of measuring does the market per se, or does the potential audience like what you've got to say about this? It's either a yes or a no or somewhere in between. Chances are it's going to be a little bit in between that where some people go, that's actually quite nice. Cool. What do they like about it? Just, just, just keep breaking it down further. I think I was put that into getting getting at good at anything. It's like it's usually like slow, 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 slow. Then eventually, all of a sudden, you go, "I know it. I'm kind of good at this. Yeah. Or, I've, I've got a bit of competency at this." But again, it came to comes down to that first period where the return is zilch, 
but you've got to keep going each day. Mm. Same with running. Like, you know, you may not feel like you're getting better. You actually, if anything, you feel like you're getting worse because you're more tired, you're more fatigued. Like, hang on a minute, why am I doing this? Just got to keep going. And, you know, that delayed gratification of a case of, you know, okay, maybe not where I am now, but if I keep doing this, eventually, somewhere down the road, I'll be all right. And then one day you wake up and you go, hang on a minute, like, I'm all right at this. But, you know, no one turns up to your house, knocks you and go, hey, well done, you're good at this yeah. now. You kind of got to bring yeah. out yourself of it, which is hard because, especially if you're your own biggest critic, I think anyone does stuff on social media or fitness or these things, it holds themselves to a standard where, like, they are their biggest critic. So I think it's quite easy to always look at the negative thing or to look at the, you know, I could have done this better or I should have done this here and not being as forgiving on themselves. But like, actually, no, you know what? Like, we've done all right here. Like, last week I was, I was so ill last week and I didn't post anything because, like, I was lying in bed. I'm not yeah. going to pretend like I'm right. Like, I, I've put some stories I've been like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm just in bed here. And then this week, I remember yesterday, I was like, yeah, like, you know, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. I was giving really hard on myself. Yeah. Pressure. Pressure. I was supposed to manager and she's like, what are you on about? Like, did you see what you did the week before? Did you see what you did the last month? You like, have to be a human being. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you're, yeah. you're good there. I was like, what do you mean? It's like, you've just, like, what's, be aware of what's happened this year. Like, mm-hmm. Went from, you know, someone who this wasn't this like a side thing I was doing to now the thing that I do, the yeah. thing that I'm like, you know, getting married to doing, like working with like mm-hmm. all these, like it's, it's now this thing. It's like you've created that out of just this thing you were passionate about and wanted to share more. Like, I think you can give yourself a week to be sick and not stress about yeah. posting yeah. a video and just go back to it next week. Like, people haven't forgotten you because you haven't posted yeah, for a week. Exactly. Like, you know, you're not that, like, don't worry about it. Like, is this all right to just, just not be on it for a week? I think that's a good perspective to have. We often forget about like, we're not that important. Yes. People, people <laughs> yeah. don't care. We don't vote for a day. People yeah. are going to be okay. They're going to go like, to work. They're going to show up. They're going to show up. Yeah. The kids. Do you know what I mean? And that's where it's, um, it can be important sometimes like because yeah. you're always looking up the ladder just sometimes to take a, a flash over your shoulder what you've achieved. People in the running community from your perspective in terms of failure, pain, three things that you wish that you knew when you first started running that people can take away to help them fast track their progress? Um, it's not that serious. It's enjoyable. It's supposed, it's, it's supposed to be fun. Like this is, this is, running for me is a massive source of enjoyment and fun and pleasure. And I think, you know, it's not this like winter training arc, you know, or sort of moody runner sort of vibe. Like it's an enjoyable thing to do. It's also a fucking privilege to be able to do as well. Yeah. Like, seriously, it is a privilege to be able to get out, go outside your house, you've got the time of day, you've got the energy, you know, you've got body that works to go out and run. Like, just remember that, like, you know, there's a lot of people out there who would kill to be able to do that. So I think not taking it too seriously in that sense there and not, you know, being over dramatic about it, like, just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like, you might not be good at it, but find enjoyment in getting better at it. Like, yeah. that's such a big thing is, is, to, is to enjoy whatever it is. Um, number two. Okay. Number two. Eat more food. Like, <laughs> yeah. even coming from me, like, I'm, I'm a big boy. Like, I'm used to eating a decent amount of food. Eating for running and eating when I'm at the gym are two very different things. Like, but during my training block for running the tube, like, I was doing 100K weeks, week in, week out. Uh, the amount of food I had to eat, you know, we wake up, thousands calories worth of carbs pre long run, go for the run, fuel on those runs, get used to fueling every 20 minutes on these runs finish the run, more fuel, bigger meal. They're like, you're constantly in a state of knowing that like, you need to fuel yourself. I think so many people under fuel and actually they feel like hit when they run yeah. because they don't have enough fuel in them. Mm-hmm. Like, do not underestimate the amount of carbohydrates you need to fuel your body to do this. Like, 
pushing your body, where every part of your body is moving, every muscle in your body is active for a continuous period of time, whether you're running slow or fast, you need to fuel that properly. So whenever I see people being like, I just run on empty stomachs, like, cool, for maybe 5K, maybe 10K, like, good luck doing a 30K on an empty stomach, mate, like, and that's what I think is a shitty advice as well. Like, I think running's not a tool for losing weight. Running is for getting better at running. If you want to lose weight, then that's a whole different conversation. But like, I've had that conversation yeah, a lot of times. Yeah, we say that a lot. Like, it's, it frustrates me. People are like, oh yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to weigh, I'm going to get into running. It's like, to get better running, you need to be eating enough food. Like I gained weight during the training for my challenge and then the challenge itself. My nutritionist was like, if you're not, if you're losing weight, you're doing this wrong. Like you need to be, you're not, if you need to, I was running six, six days a week during the training. It's like, you need to be fueling yourself constantly to hit these numbers. Otherwise, like something's going on, you're not recovering enough. And, um, and that's a big, this is just using that, like, you know, this isn't, you run to get better at running. Yeah. Don't worry about anything else. It'll yeah. improve, improve some of your things. Don't but. turn it into a hamster wheel. That's a, that's a big one for me. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't just use it to expend calories because it becomes a dangerous game. Very dangerous game, mm -hmm. 100%. Like even when I've, when I've done cuts in the past, like I've increased my walking. I think the first things I'll do is increase my sleep. I'll increase my steps per day. Yeah. I, drop, I cut my running. So I'm, gonna, I'm going through a phase now I'm going to start dropping a bit of weight just before next season. But like, I'm, like in order to do that, like... I'm actually not running that much. Mm -hmm. um, like, I'll cycle a bit more. Maybe other things. I'll lift a lot of weight, have a high protein diet, but like the running part of it is like, there's no way. I also, I don't want to not enjoy running. Yeah. Like trying to run when you're in, a, trying to do loads and of cardio. Deficit, you just feel, yeah. Recovery. Oh, yeah, yeah, you feel rough. Like that would exist. make you hate running. 100%. Yeah. So we've got, don't take it too serious. Eat more food. food. Number three. Third one. Don't do it alone. I think for my, for, for, for when I first started getting into it, I was a bit embarrassed about like trying to run or like maybe because I didn't know my, my technique was not good. I've seen videos of me running when I first started trying to do this. It's not very good. But I think because of that, I was a bit like, oh, I don't want don't to do this with the people. I kind of do it on my own. And I think actually the most I've enjoyed running is when I'm doing other people. Mm -hmm. And especially when I've done runs or challenges or anything with other people, that's where I get the most out of it because it's not then just about you. It's, you know, you're helping, you're supporting someone. Being, being there for someone else the amount of joy you get from helping other people and supporting other people, your friends, people in the community, like that for me is such a return. It's all well and good. Being a, it's great to be proud of yourself of running distances, 100%. Being able to bring other people on the way with you and, and help them and lift them and give them the opportunity to, to give that to you as well. That's huge. And speaking oh. of a big run, all three <laughs> of us are doing a run this evening in Manchester with 160 people. Yeah. We are indeed. But it is, it's, it, that's, it's community, it's, yeah. no one's, no one's going to hit, if you're coming to hit a PB, you're not going to hit a PB. It's We're running then. as a group, yeah. as a community, and it's just going to be great vibes. Indeed. Like we said before, how many of those people would have, got, would have gone out and done a run tonight? Probably not. No, because I was actually looking at how dark it is. Planning, <laughs> I, was not, I, planning, I was planning to get the train back to London, but um, yeah, run was not on the cards for yeah. me today. Beautiful, beautiful community, mate, and that's why it's, it's great to be able to have other people around you doing similar things and have people who want to push each other. Um, but mate, absolute banger and I'm sure people will take a lot from so all, much. The, all the insights that you spat tonight. Uh, where can people find more of you, mate? Uh, Instagram, Johnny R. Davies and then TikTok, JD Runs Far. 
Or if you're really into your running, Strava, Strava. just Johnny Davies. Yeah, I've actually, I'm actually verified on this. Is the one thing I care. I don't care about Instagram. I've just verified on Strava. The orange Strava tick is where it's at. <laughs> oh, that um, is what you want. I post a lot. I post a lot on my Strava because we're doing my run club stuff as well. And so, it's this the I think it's if you're a runner, it's the one you want to be yeah. like active on there. So yeah, all on there. But um, that's where you can find me at. Amazing. Honestly, the people will take so much away from this awesome episode and everything you've achieved obviously this year yeah, pat on the back inspiring honestly work. inspiring inspirational really Appreciate really it. amazing and everyone who is listening watching make sure you share tag us keep listening so we can keep getting awesome guests on and we'll catch you in next week's episode bye guys